News Talk 1110-993 WBT, the Pete Callender Show here, 704-570-1110 and 1-800-WBT-1110. So reading the Charlotte Observer story about the uh, the pro-abortion march, they don't like when you call it that, by the way, uh, <laughs> through Center City. It's pro-choice, Pete. It's pro-choice. Um, so the march through Uptown over the weekend, they're all dressed in pink and the like. They were protesting the law that was passed in Texas back in May. But I guess it just took them a while to organize. And, uh, and that's what they were all about. They're like, this is all about organizing. And they're mad at the Texas law. Um, so I'm going to get into uh, some of the details of what the law does, particularly in regard to the... Uh, the scare quotes that were used around this this term, uh, fetal heartbeat. The reporters put heartbeat in quotes, but then didn't explain why they would do such a thing, which we all, I mean, you real everybody knows what putting something in quotes does, right? Like when you say the fetal heartbeat bill, right? It, it's a, you're drawing attention to it for some reason. And they don't explain why they were drawing attention to it. Um, the law allows, this is the Charlotte Observer's characterization of the law, that it allows private citizens, no matter where they live, to sue abortion providers and others in Texas who assist someone in getting an abortion after that point where a heartbeat is detected, as early as six weeks into a pregnancy. Regardless of whether they have a personal connection to the situation or not, the U.S. Supreme Court declined to block the law. The court will hear uh, will hear oral arguments for another major abortion case in December. The observer then uh, gets another quote from a person named Stormy Juenger. Juenger? Juenger? I think is how they pronounce it. Um, quote, I view myself as more of a moderate, this person says. Um, it bleeps me off. It hacks me off, she says. Women aren't allowed to make their own choices when it comes to reproductive rights, but at the same time, we're supposed to be able to raise a child? Like, again, those two things are not dependent on each other. They're they're not. Like, there are people who make the choice to have a kid and then are completely unable to raise the child, right? And vice versa. Throughout history, there have been women who did not have a choice and were forced to have the child and then actually was able to raise the child, right? So they're not dependent on each other. Um, Also, just spitballing here, but there is also a third pathway here. There's adoption that's available. Just going to put that out there. Um, Then they have a quote from Elaine Cohoon Miller. Who says, quote, I'm 68 years old. I thought we solved this in the 60s. What is going on? Which, of course, is always what the left says when people push back on their demands. Right. The left wins a particular court ruling in this case. And they think, well, oh, goodness, that's settled. As if that's the end of the fight. And this is the problem, by the way, that Roe v. Wade exposed by having a an activist court that divined a constitutional right, you know, inside a right to abortion, inside of the right to privacy, that this is what happens when you force that kind of a cultural norm shift on the population. 
This is why the federalist system, a federalism model, was developed and why it works better is that the states should be the ones determining these things. And so, in my opinion, like, regardless of where you stand on Roe v. Wade, it, I mean, it, it it should never have been decided for the entire nation at large because states don't or the, uh, the the federal government doesn't decide what is and isn't murder in each state. Right. States determine that in the penalties and everything else. The states codify those things. And so why would you turn this over to the federal government? Unless, of course, you couldn't get these things enacted state by state. And so, therefore, you just went for the whole thing all at once at the national level. And I just I disagree with that kind of approach. I disagree with lawyers in robes making decisions that should be made by legislative action because the legislatures are those that are most responsible and responsive to the people. And that's what the system was designed to do. This is civics 101, right, that the the court shouldn't be enacting laws. And so when the courts come along and enact law, then, yeah, that's a problem for me. And that's why that's my view on Roe v. Wade. Right. Um, Again, regardless of what you think of what, you know, when life begins or all the different rules, like these decisions should have been made at left to the states. So why is the heartbeat bill? Why is this word heartbeat used in the scare quotes by the Observer reporters? Well, according to a story at the Texas Tribune, which is a left-leaning publication located in Texas, proponents of Texas's new near-total ban on abortions call it the heartbeat bill. The name references the point in time, at around six weeks gestation, when the embryo's cardiac activity can first be detected by an ultrasound, which under the new law triggers a block on an abortion, which, by the way, who is this? Let me go back to this quote here. Women aren't allowed to make their own choices. Uh, I think you mean birthing people. Yeah, that, that's terribly offensive right there when you say women aren't allowed to make their decision. Okay, birthing people is the. There's an, yeah, there are other terms. Anyway, uh, the name references the point of time, this heartbeat bill, when cardiac activity is first detected. But medical and reproductive health experts say the reference to a heartbeat at that stage of a pregnancy is medically inaccurate as an embryo does not have a developed heart at six weeks gestation. Still, the moniker has helped rally supporters around the law in Texas and nationwide where other states are considering similar legislation. So now we're going to get into the the science, the splitting of the hairs here about well, there's technically no heart developed, and so therefore it cannot be a heartbeat. So therefore, you can snuff it out, even though we've been calling it a heartbeat for as long as they develop the technology, right? Which really gets to the heart, this, this uh, issue gets to the heart of the entire debate, really, which is when do rights obtain? When, when, does a, when, when do human and civil rights, right, when, when do these rights obtain? That's what we're really arguing over. That's what the debate is about. Because if you want to apply it to, you know, a life, a human, we know when human life begins. And, you know, that science has settled that for us. And I know that the pro-choicers are not happy with this answer, but it does begin at conception. I'm sorry to say, like, that's the spark of life. You can literally see it happen under the microscope. Like, it's like a... There's like a, like a spark of life. There's energy. And then, and then that thing will become nothing other than a human being. It doesn't turn into anything else. That's human life, right? So that's what life is. Now, when does that, 
when does that clump of cells, I think they prefer to call it, when does that clump of cells have rights? That's the question. That's what we should be debating. But I understand why people might not want to debate that, because once you start determining when the rights obtain, it gets uncomfortable for folks on the pro-choice side of this argument generally. When, because the earlier you, um, or sorry, the later you go in the gestational period, the more ethically trickier it becomes, let's say. Right? It just, it gets a little awkward. Gets a little awkward. News Talk 1110-993-WBT, 704-570-1110, 1-800-WBT-1110. You can also email Pete at thepetecalendarshow.com. Let's go over here to Jerry and start us off. Hey, Jerry, how are you? Um, good, Pete. Uh, thanks for taking my call. Certainly. Um, your comment earlier about the heart-stopping end of life was brilliant. Um, one thing that I would like to ask any of the people at the at the event, <coughs> pardon me, um, or anybody else who is pro-abortion is, what if someone walked into your home and murdered a family member? Would, would that be murder? And if that would be murder, then how is this not murder? If you, if you don't support murder, then you can't support murder across the board. It's kind of like um, pro-abortionist being uh, anti-death penalty. How, how can you be anti-death penalty if you believe in abortion? So I, um, so so it's, it's, I can answer those questions. Yeah, I can answer those questions for you. What they would say is essentially geography, that the, the child is not a child because it is inside the mother's womb, and so therefore it, it doesn't have its own rights. It's not, that's why I said it, the, the question is when do rights obtain, right? Like that's the, if you don't believe that a human being has rights until, like, when? Like, after they exit the birth canal, for example. Like, that then becomes the moment that they have rights. If that's what you believe, then, yeah, it doesn't matter. They, that's how they answer the question. So they would say that your, your question about uh, somebody coming into the house and murdering somebody, like, that would obviously be a different scenario because that person exists outside of a, uh, outside of a womb. And, uh, and they would also make that same argument on the death penalty side of it, too. They would make that argument that, uh, you know, that that person ha- is, you know, they have their rights because they are, again, outside of the womb. Okay. I, the other thing, I mean, I, I will freely admit, when I was younger, as I'm, I'm, I'm guessing many people felt, um, when I was younger, I wasn't really concerned one way or the other mm-hmm. about abortion. As I've gotten older, my perspective on that has changed for a number of reasons. Mm-hmm. I, I wonder sometimes whether if states required... Um, women to watch an abortion procedure Yikes. before they were granted or, you know, where they were able to obtain an abortion, whether that would change their their mind. Um, because, frankly, up until recently, and I start, you know, when I started right. reading about it, and I had no idea what the procedure was. Right. And, and I mean, it's, it's pretty gruesome. So whether yeah. you, you know, whether you think it's a baby or not, I think, Hearing about what's actually done during the procedure um, is, is, is pretty grotesque. Right, and, and that's and what I'm, David Delighton and the Centers for Medical Progress, that you know, his undercover video of the Planned Parenthood, the baby body parts thing, like that's that 
advanced the conversation in a way, in my opinion, than, than I have seen it advanced in my entire adult life because, Agreed. right, because people were now being made aware of what actually occurred. And this kind of gets back to my point about how people surrendered the argument precisely because of what you just mentioned. It is gruesome and nobody wants to think about this stuff. And I don't know if you need to go like, like your proposal sounds a little authoritarian for my taste, but I think this is where the, uh, where some of these laws go, where uh, they say you've got to, uh, listen to the heartbeat first, or you have to be, you, know, you got to uh, explain what the procedure is uh, rather than make them watch it. Um, so, cause like, I, I don't know if, because the, the reason why you want to see that done is because you're trying to convince people not to have the procedure, right? That's the reason. And it, because you don't require people to go watch a video of a hip replacement surgery before they get hip replacements. Right. So that's the, that, that's the, that's the motivation for that kind of a law. Um, funny, and funny enough, though, aren't, well, I guess you're not required. I mean, people go through, it's not required. People go through, like, birthing birthing classes yeah. to, to find out what that's like, before, but it's not required. Right. I mean, yes, it's, it's a little clockwork orange, but, you, you know, um, it, it, this, it's not but, that you're restricting someone from getting an abortion. It, it, you're just uh, well, but, a condition of, you know. Yeah, I, so I just think, I so here's, here's sort of my approach in um, in advancing... Uh, policy and ideas in the in the arena is I try not to give people ammo to use against me in the argument, right? And so the argument that I just laid out, I think, in the last uh, segment, talking about the heartbeat and, you know, when it ends, life ends, and when it begins, life begins. That is a defensible position, and if you stick to those arguments, you don't give your opponent any ammo that they can then fire at you. Because what are they going to say? That life doesn't begin at the heartbeat? Okay. Because, again, the argument is about when do rights obtain. And everybody's going to, for example, this my neighbor said this to me, too. She said, well, what about in the cases of rape and incest? Like, you got, there's no carve out for that. Like, okay, well, rape and incest, I think it's about 1% of all of the pregnancies. And if that's the case, then um, what if I give that to you? Like, what if I give you the carve-out for rape and incest? And we say that those don't count. But now, are you okay banning all the other abortions? And when you pose it like that, you know what the answer they give is? No. No. Right. So so the argument isn't about rape and incest, right? You were just, they, they were just using that in order to advance a position for no regulations. Um, and so once you, once you address that, you keep bringing them back to when do rights obtain? And you and that in that debate is where you start to nail down the gestational periods. You start talking about when do rights obtain. And what you will find, I suspect, is that a lot of people are actually not comfortable saying that a baby has no rights at, say, six months old. Right. Five months old. And because when you ha- when you force people to articulate that view, it makes them uncomfortable. A lot of people it makes them uncomfortable. I, I still can't wrap my head around anyone, including people who are pro-abortion, not not drawing the line between late-term abortion. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I, don't, I don't understand how that's simply not infanticide, and especially, like, the idiot governor in Virginia, no, nah, you can kill a baby after it's born. It's okay. Right. I, I, I can't even wrap my head around that. Well, and that's why, and, and most people cannot, and that's how you win the argument, you see? Uh, and that's so if you, and that's how you get them there, is through the the rights, when do rights obtain argument. That's how you get to 
that governor's position, right? I mean, when he's not dressed in blackface. Okay. Um. News Talk 1110-993-WBT. Let me get to Eileen. She's been waiting patiently. Welcome to the show, Eileen. How are you? I am well. Good. How are you? I'm doing well as well. What's up? Well, I just wanted to... You kind of scooped me because you went into the thing about life beginning at conception. Mm-hmm. So I was part of Operation Rescue in the 80s. Mm-hmm. And that's when a lot of things that weren't known then that are known now. And he was saying this doctor came in to speak with us and he told us how, how can it be when it begins, when it never ends? It's a live sperm, it's a live egg, and they join and life just continues. Mm-hmm. So... All I've come to is this is a mark of a godless society that life is expendable and it's sad, but that's where we are. Yeah, well, and and, and that's where societies have been because we are made of human beings and human beings do these sorts of things and have since the beginning. Right. I mean, like uh, our society is not different in that respect. Um, We devalue life. Societies have devalued life since societies began just in different ways. So, yeah, I mean, I I, I don't like it's sort of like the the good old days and people talk about the good old days and how things were like somehow better back then. But the truth is, they, you know, they weren't. I know they They were good in some regards in the Bible. Yeah, um, yeah. So, uh, yeah, there are all sorts of societies that um, I mean, yeah. I mean, you start now. I I do believe like there is there is an uh, there is an element of evil in this particular <laughs> manifestation of uh, this societal ill. Absolutely, um, because it does take a certain, in my view, certain barbarity to do this. But that's you know that's just my opinion on that. But I mean, yeah, people who who don't well, see it like that, they disagree. One. Yeah. Yeah, Eileen, thank you for the call. I do appreciate it. All right, take care. Let me go over here to David. Hello, David. Welcome to the program. How are you? Hey, John's fine, Pete. How are you doing today? I'm, I'm all right. What's up? Good. You know, backing up on the one previous lady that had asked about the fact that how these poor um, abortion people consider the idea that, you know, that that's not a viable baby at the time or something like that, just as you explained. But here... Not for what I know for a fact that uh, every state has this law, but there are times where a uh, person that is pregnant gets shot and killed and the baby dies. That particular state will charge them with double uh, double homicide because of that situation. And mm-hmm. I don't believe that the <clears throat> you could probably tell me that they would sit there and fight that issue, too. They don't. No, I mean that's a logically consistent argument that you're making, but they will not they will not make that. No. Like North Carolina is one of those states. Like uh the famous example from Charlotte was Ray Carruth. And he stood trial 
for the murder of his pregnant girlfriend, Sharika Adams, and his son, the attempted murder of his son in utero, Chancellor Adams, right? Like that's that was what he Correct. stood trial for and was convicted of. And so no, there wasn't anybody out there. There was no, because I covered the trial, I can tell you, there were no protesters out there demanding that he not face charges for the attempted murder of the, the baby. There, yeah. were, there was no debate about that whatsoever. And there never is in North Carolina or other states where you get charged with those types of crimes. Sure. But um, they would, I, I think, though, that they would say, well, fine, if you, you know, then you can run a bill like that and, and have at it. That's not their fight. They just kind of pulled the, uh, uh, they pulled the escape hatch there and just jump out of that argument. They don't have to take up the argument. See, again, like, what I'm going over here, and as we discuss this, is like this are ways that you have this discussion without it it spiraling off course into the yelling and the screaming and the hardening of the positions. And because when I walk into any of these types of discussions, I I, I accept that I'm not going to convince somebody. I'm not going to persuade them to move off of their opinion during the debate. What I'm hoping for is that whoever might be listening to the discussion agrees with me because I sound more logical and rational. That's right. my point. That's my purpose. Yeah, I understand. And and I think they've changed their position more of the fact not pro-abortion per se as more pro-women's rights to mm-hmm. do whatever they want. Yeah, it's a, the, the, the branding on it has evolved, absolutely, um, which is why they talk about reproductive rights. They don't want to talk about the act, right? They, they, they try to frame it in a larger context, of women's rights and and that sort of thing. They and that's that is a marketing, that's a branding, it's a political effort, no doubt about it. So right. uh well, I mean just and just like the term pro-life, they reject that the use of that term because they see that as branding and marketing because they would argue, well, I'm pro-life too, but I'm pro-choice as well. They don't see those two things as in conflict. So uh, that's why it's like, you know, to get do you want to spend your time getting hung up on on the labels and arguing about the label? Or do you want to try to advance the ball? Do you want to go on offense and try to convince the people that are listening to the debate that you have the more rational and science-based argument? That's where I prefer to play. So, yeah, yeah. I appreciate the call, David. Thanks so much. All right, take care. Let me go over here to Tom. Hello, Tom. Welcome to the show. What's up? Oh, I'm sorry. Tony. That's my bad. Tony. Oh, hello. Hey, how are you? I'm good. I wanted to make the point. But before I do that, uh, I'm an 80-year-old woman that chose an abortion decades ago. And um, because of that abortion, I've had approximately seven surgeries to rebuild my body. Oh, man. Of course, the baby could not be rebuilt once the abortion was done. Yeah. Um, it is the most regrettable decision of my entire 80 years. What I would like to offer any woman that's thinking of abortion, I will not tell her she can or cannot do that because she has to make that decision herself. But please don't make the decision out of fear, which is what I did. And when we're examining this issue, there are opinions, beliefs, and facts. Nobody shared any of the facts with me. And there are facts that do indicate that came out of the Netherlands and China that frequently, after an abortion, there is such damage to the woman's body that we don't see that a following pregnancy might be at risk for various reasons. So 
I hate that we choose abortion without facts. Thank you. Yeah, no, completely fair. Thank you, Tony. I appreciate the call. News Talk 1110-993-WBT. Going over the uh, the details on the heartbeat bill that came out of Texas, uh, because, hey, you know what? It inspired a protest march through Uptown Charlotte, of 400 or so people, um, and uh, got some coverage, completely one-sided uh, coverage. You know, hey, a bunch of people were marching. This is what they all believe in, and that was it. That's what we got from the Charlotte Observer about it. Um and so I noticed that they had put in the scare quotes the term heartbeat. And I wondered why would they do that? Because they described the law prohibits abortions after a fetal, quote, heartbeat is detected. So it's not like they're calling it a heartbeat bill and they're quoting people who call it a heartbeat bill. They just threw the quotes around the word heartbeat. And I thought, why would they do that? And so then I went and looked up the heartbeat bill. It's misleading, says the Texas Tribune article. It's misleading. The law defines the fetal heartbeat as cardiac activity or the steady and repetitive rhythmic contraction of the fetal heart within the gestational sac. Well, Dr. Nisha Verma, a physician who provides abortion services and a fellow at the American College of Obstetricians and Gynecologists, said that the activity measured on an ultrasound in early gestational uh, in early gestation rather is electrical impulses. Not a true heartbeat. Quote, when I use the stethoscope to listen to a patient's heart, that sound that I hear is that typical bum, 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 then that you hear, that's a heartbeat. It's created by the opening and closing of the cardiac valves. And at six weeks of gestation, those valves don't exist. The flickering that we see on the ultrasound, that's super early in the development of a pregnancy, is actually electric activity. And the sound that we hear at that point is actually manufactured by the ultrasound machine. Doctors acknowledge that while the term heartbeat is not medically precise in early pregnancy, it is commonly used with patients to describe electrical or cardiac activity. Dr. John Thuppel, an Austin area OBGYN president of the Texas Association of Obstetricians and Gynecologists said, quote, I think that gets into a little bit of semantics. Everybody knows embryos don't possess a fully developed heart, but that is what we're generally calling it a, quote, detectable fetal heartbeat. So now all of a sudden, the term heartbeat is not allowed. We can't use that anymore to describe the heartbeat. So I guess if you're going in to get a status update on the baby in utero and uh, they're going to you know, run the, the sonogram over like, sorry, uh, these are just electrical impulses or electrical pulses. Um, that's not a heartbeat. So don't you dare think that's a heartbeat. It's just electricity. Sorry. Not not a heartbeat. This is the way, seriously, like this is how this argument is now going to be argued. See, th- and this is the problem. When you try to argue uh, outside of the realm, is why I say, you know, use it as when do rights obtained. This is the argument. Now, you could make the argument that the rights should obtain at conception. You can make the argument that they should obtain at a heartbeat or at the electrical pulses that sound like the heartbeat or whatever. Like you have all of these different areas, all these different gestational periods to mark that. 
But at some point, you have to determine you know, what is the date. What is the cutoff point? And then, of course, you can get into like what uh, most Western civilizations around the world, what most countries around the world, uh, what, what their uh, time period is, which is, you know, ours is, is uh, very late in America. Yeah, most countries don't allow abortions as late as we do. So uh, let me go to Bob. Hello, Bob. And then we're going to move on after, uh, after Bob. Hey, Bob, how are hey, you? Hey, how you doing? Good, what's Listen, up? Bodily integrity, rights of a human, when do they start? When does a, a human male get the right to not have his body modified by someone? Oh, this is the circumcision argument. Bodily rights. Yeah, this is the circumcision argument? Yes. Yeah. So, uh, so does this usually work for you to jump into abortion debates and bring up the circumcision debate? Only when they mention bodily integrity. Who mentioned bodily integrity? Uh, well, it's been mentioned in here. Say that again? It's what? It's been mentioned uh, occasionally in this argument, this whole discussion you've been doing. That and, the, and when does a, as a, a baby attain rights? Yeah, so when do you think... The, when, right, so when do you think that the, the child obtains rights? Well, I think it's as soon as we can detect life there. Okay. And so, therefore, there should be no circumcision? Correct. Right. Even though if the parents prefer that? There's no medical reason for it as far as the pediatrician organizations are concerned. All nine of them have said, well, we don't say you should do it. We don't say you shouldn't do it. Right. So they, they've ab- they're abstaining from an opinion. Right. Which isn't exactly what you initially said, right? They're not abstaining from it. They're abstaining. They're not saying should or shouldn't. They're not advising against it. No, but they're not advising you to do it either. Right. So, so therefore... What's the value of it? If the parents prefer it. But is the, what about the person's integrity? This is a modification for the That's entire a, there's life. No, I understand that. Are you upset about it for yourself? Like, are you upset no, that... No, I'm not. I have no problem with that. Okay, so, so what... what so that's why I asked at the beginning, like, like, do you find that this that this is a persuasive argument to make in the abortion? Uh, it makes someone. I've actually had someone stop for a moment. You? Uh, I'm sorry. Say that again. I've already had some of the people who have stopped and thought about it. Um, and what's your intent? What's the goal? Yes, I would like to see it as a uh, the elimination of it. And why? Why? Because is the person should be able to make that decision themselves. Right, but you said, you, all right, so you don't have any problem with it yourself. No. But I have other men that, who talk a lot, and they say, you know, they're sorry about it. This is so, so other, men have told, other men have told you they talk a lot about this to you about... It's a big subject on, online. Really? Yeah. No, yeah, there's organizations like No Cirque and others. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're, and, and supposedly men are trying to restore, and, and it's, it's, it's a lot of stuff. But oh, interesting. there are men who say, why was this allowed? They wouldn't tattoo me. But they'll do this. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. Well, thank you, Bob. I appreciate the call. Um, <laughs> everybody has their cause, I guess. That's not mine. I, I don't. I don't really think that it it moves the ball at all, though. No pun intended there. Sorry, but I don't think it actually is. I don't think it's helpful to take a, a discussion about abortion and turn it into discussion about circumcision. I don't see the I don't see the benefit there. It's just me. Just me.